It's a good day. We have like a legit, nice, expensive signing. But first off, Bron Kratz, Krasinski, telling everyone that's listening to the podcast that gets posted after the show that we also appreciate the YouTube subscribers. So we are inching very closely to 40,000 YouTube subscribers. And we just want to say we appreciate it. We're not sitting there counting numbers. We just appreciate the fam getting extended. That's all. Simply put. And actually, you know what, Kratz? I was listening to Fair Territory yesterday, and we'll talk to Ken soon. And he shouted out the YouTube commenters. He essentially said that the YouTube commenters seem to be the kindest community among social media and video video platforms. Would you agree? Yeah, it's like they really care about the content that they're looking at and not just like, oh, this negative comment, this negative comment. I I really, the YouTube commenters are awesome. Mm-hmm. We're also in a world where, I mean, it's expensive to get 8 million streaming services and all kinds of media options. We've talked about it a lot in the off season. On YouTube, it's free. True. So people appreciate that you are doing a lot of work and they are not paying for it. They just go on their device and they watch you. And it's that freaking simple. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I also have a question for you. How much did you pay for that haircut you got? What? Not that much. Uh, Why? You don't like it? I'm just saying. I'm just asking a question. Less than whatever. I just asked a simple salon. question. Let's, uh, get a, let, let's get a grade on it like my hats. Is it too short? It's kind of shorter than normal. It doesn't yeah. go as high as normal. It fills in very quickly, especially mm. now that it's sunny. I'm like really a chia pet outside. Now that it's sunny? Now that it's sunny. The weather's much better in the last few days. No? What does that, that affect the going. length of your hair? In the summers in my life, my hair always grew quicker than in the winters. Is that not real? That's, that sounds like I don't know, but we have me, but we'll just go. Let's, let's go with it, no. Scott, because you're Scott Braun, and we just have to say yes. Uh, we could ask the people. I don't know. Actually, someone docked a star on one of our reviews recently because they said they didn't like that my shirts were too tight. I'm like, and it was on the audio podcast. I'm like, wait, someone gave you a four star review because your shirts were too tight on audio? Mm -hmm. On audio? They also, they also hate Tommy Canley, Robbie Ray, Walker Bueller. They hate him? Why? Same person? I'm just saying, I'm joking. No, they all, they have, they wear clothing that's probably, quote, too tight for this person's comfort. They all have tight pants. You don't notice the theme? Oh, they do. Joey Votto's pants? Little Eurofit? We got a lot of questions for Robbie Wright and get to it with him. I was like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to ask him about that. I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know Bueller and Canley are. Yeah. I know Canley. We talked about it, but I I, I try not, I don't pay attention to pants very often. Except for Garrett Crochet, who tight rolls his at the bottom, which is super odd to me. Didn't someone ask Bueller after a playoff start and he got pissed? Well, maybe. You don't remember Did he that? pitch good or bad? I don't remember. No. I mean, he usually pitches well in the playoffs, but I don't remember. But I felt like that was a question. But anyway. Fra- Frankie said Scott's shirt isn't tight enough. Oh, hey. What's good? All right. Let's I mean, charge the mound. I mean, if got any tighter, it would be like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue where it was just painted on you. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Tisa helping that us power a little CTM seg today. And our guest, Will Leach, is going to join us soon. So let's get right to Jorge Soler. Three years, $42 million. Was it worth the wait for both sides? 
I mean, I think he got, I thought he would get a little bit more. He did really? turn down $13 million option. So, I mean, he was projected. I, I don't know what Kratz's projections were, but uh, <laughs> I saw a 345, you know, 348 around there. So, 342, I mean, it seems like a fair deal, a multi year deal for the guy who's hit 30 and 40 homers the last couple of years. Um, you know, he, he's got a chance to be the first giant since Barry Bonds to hit 30 homers in a season in 2004, the year I played there 20 years ago. I mean that's that's the stat to me. There hasn't been a giant hit a third hit thirty homers since two thousand and four. Thirty. Thirty, not, not like 50. forty or fifty. Thirty. That's ridiculous. Shows you what that ballpark does to people other than Barry Bonds. But I mean, I hope he goes there and does well. I mean, this dude hits absolute tank jobs. And he can handle Oracle Park, because that's really what he's talking about. You're a right-handed hitter at Oracle Park. Good luck at in 30, but this dude can hit the ball as far as anyone in the bigs. If somebody can do it, it's Jorge. And I had him at four years, 62 million. So I was off very close on my years. I think I had 15 and a half, but he got 14 per year. This is not the superstar they're looking for, but can do superstar types of things. When you get a guy that can come up and change the dynamic of a game with one swing, that's what they've been lacking. I just hope they don't take his 908 OPS against lefties and his 789 OPS against righties and say, well, we're going to make sure, you know, it's not going to be a straight platoon, but we're going to make sure we mostly play against lefties. For $14 million, I don't think they're going to do that, but I've seen them do it to better players. <laughs> they did to Jock Peterson, and he was and he was I on know. a qualifying offer. I know. I, I'm I'm just saying. I just hope they don't do it. There's a stark. I mean, 7.89 against righties for his career is not bad. But I mean, he's going to play every day. Yeah. Well, they, here's I mean, my thing. Let's also not forget who's gone. Gabe Kapler. So you think it had more to do with Gabe than the front office? I think Gabe and Farhan together. And yeah. now Bob Melvin is is not really – I mean, he is, he is, but he's not really a platoon guy like what Gabe was. I'm glad Susan was told that because I don't know how she would have found out. That's what she was told. <laughs> I don't know. But how else would she have, found have out? I don't know, read it somewhere. Oh. She broke the story. Great job by Susan Slusser. Um, first time All-Star last year. You don't sit him. You sit When you do want to no. sit him, though, if he sits five to seven games, if he has a totally healthy season, you sit him. This guy against is, the right side. You know, you course. pick and choose those spots. If you're facing, sure. you know, maybe a Yamamoto right side guy mm-hmm. after day game after night game. Um, you're facing you Darvish day game, something like that. Yeah, I can see that. But this dude, when he gets hot, he might be the hottest guy in the world. Because when he gets hot, he, nobody hits like – he'll go like 10 homers in seven games hot. And then he'll go seven. Or he'll go fourteen games at no homers. And then again, he'll have a <laughs> seven homer in five games. So it, it, it is spurty. But listen, when he gets hot, like we saw in the World Series in twenty-one with the Braves, that ball he hit off off the Astros has never landed. Bobby Dynamite's still looking for it on the train up there. Hell yeah, World Series MVP back then. I mean, the Braves don't win the World Series without Jorge Soler. And I know some people in the chat are asking about hiding him in the outfield. I know how to hide him in the outfield. Don't play him out there. <laughs> That's a they big ass outfield. No, they're fine in the outfield. This is strictly DH. That's why I kind of like it for the Giants that they only had to pay fourteen a year for a DH that has potential to hit thirty pumps. What do you think? If you set it at thirty and a half, do you think he goes over this year? Yes. 
Yeah, I'd say 35. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. Yes. I mean, he's had a I'll lot of 37. success. 37. He's had a lot of success at Oracle. Not a lot of dingers, though. Obviously, this one was hit to the moon. Good night. I feel like but he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. There's That's where I want to see him play his 13 games when he goes to when he goes to Colorado he just calls it Candyland <laughs> course field but don't don't put him in the outfield even you don't have to. do you do you even put him 5 to 10 times out there or zero because well, also I want, I want him for it's a 3 year deal who's He's the 31 years old starting outfield i want him healthy and playing dh every day for the next 3 years i don't want him out there yes period who and uh conforto conforto fine they don't and they also have lamont wade doesn't play out there but he came up as an outfielder yeah i mean they got sable slater matos lee Yastrzemski, tyler fitzgerald hopkins they have plenty Plenty. wilmer flores jd davis you shouldn't play a lick slater will give guys off he'll give conforto some time off if he needs to get off his feet but conforto what do you do with wilmer flores He's kind of a DH now. He didn't really play the infield, does he? And they platoon him too. Yeah, he can play. I guess he'd a little be a first of... baseman. JD Davis. What do you yeah. do with him? Platoon. Those are platoon guys. Yeah, but who, you got to platoon him with somebody. Yaz. Third yeah. base. Conforto. Are they going to play third base? JD will be well, starting JD's at third base. Play third against JD left. and Wilmer can platoon. No. Uh, I mean, Lamont had a good year last year. He did. Wilmer did have a great year. You just can't expect – you can't expect – like, even if they would have gone out and gotten Bellinger, and I'm not saying they can't still go get him, roster's kind of filling up, but you can't expect a guy to go out and give you so much offense in San Francisco because we just don't get that. So that's why I love – you don't get that in San Francisco. That's why I love the pitching additions that they've made. Now they might have to wait till the All-Star break for some of them to come back, but – I think that's that's how you build your team, and they added great defense in center field with Lee. Some people are like, maybe you can hide him, you know, in the outfield on a road game. Nah. I mean, unless there's a ton of injuries. In Colorado. You're not, no. no, he's a DH. Unless there's a ton of injuries. I think full-time DH, and my guess is he's not one of those guys that's saying, I have to play in the field. You know how there's some guys that either say, I don't feel right, or I got to mix in some outfield time. Eloy Jimenez has said that for years, and no offense to Lloyd, but I want him on the field. I want him DHing all year long for the White Sox. I'd rather have the bat on the field. It's not like he's he's bringing you him and Tolaire. They're bringing you negative defense, mm-hmm. and you want them on the field. And they're big ass dudes. I just want them DHing. Who Fair would you rather have, point? Reese, Reese or Solaire? Solaire for this situation. Yeah, Reese can play first too. I'm just saying for this you know, situation. Two guys I want. That got kind of. Our 30 homer guys, 100 stakes. Mm-hmm. And for DH, I want I want Solaire because Reese can play first. He's not all he's he's D, he's above average at first. So, I mean, I take I'll take Reese because what did Reese get? He got a little bit more. He got 234, right? So he got a little more more cash. Yep. And well, opt out. More yeah. per year, but less overall. Yes. Yeah, but he also got an opt out where he can prove he's healthy and then come back for for seconds. So, I mean, it just depends on who you're at. But, I mean, I, I, they're, they're similar players in the fact that they both can get really hot and they both can get really cold for a while. Just hopefully they time it right when they're hot. And uh, But, listen, good for, good for Solari. You got three years, $42 million. You're not going to turn that down in a 
you know, tough division, some tough pitching, but you know, hey, good luck to the Giants. One more, one more signing for the Giants has to come. Who, Chapman? Nope. Snell? Yep. Snell. Yes. That's that's my lock. Can I have a lock? Can I have a lock this early? Are we do we have our cash yet in our accounts for Can we have a lock? I mean it's February thirteenth, for God's sake. Yeah, I've been talking I mean, spring about training's this lock. already started for how, a lot of teams. <laughs> Wait, you're stealing I mean, my lock? Isn't this my lock? Both like, can't so. have the same lock. Did you know, lock I it in? Like I locked that in. I locked that in in November. No, did you? We talked All about right. it yesterday. Remember, right. I said. I don't listen to what you say. That's hmm. fine. I'll get a different. You can lock. have it, Kratz. I can figure out a different. No, lock. it's, it's yours. Whatever. My lock is Cody Bellinger is going to play this year. That's my lock. That's a good lock. My thing with Solari is if I'm San Francisco. And I do want to find that legit power threat in San Francisco and obviously on the road, not as difficult. This is the guy, right? This is the guy who can tackle this ballpark. Mm-hmm. 100%. You need a bop. Until they, until they trade for Pete Alonzo halfway through the season because <laughs> David Stearns came out and said most likely he's not re-signing or signing an extension. He said that on FT before that. He did? Yeah. Well, they're you asked they're him. Doing I, I thought he, treatment. I know, but I thought he more dodged that question. Yeah. Yeah, it's the Iron Judge treatment. Hey, let's let him fill out the market. Play, yeah, and then you got to pay way more. Well, not necessarily. No, but you don't know what's going on. I mean, you know how Boris operates. He might be talking to him right now, saying, "Yeah, it's two fifty. and then Stearns might be like, "Cool, we'll let him get to the market, and we'll pay him one seventy-five." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that's that could be going down. That's what Stearns said in the in the press conference. He was like. He was like, this is just generally how it goes with Boris clients. He actually said Boris's name. And he was like, doesn't mean he's not a Met right now. Like, so he might be the biggest, biggest name on the trade block this year. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't see him trading. Him. I don't think they're going to trade him. Because if you trade him, he doesn't there. come back. Yeah. And if you want him back, you don't trade him. Yep. Agreed. Because nobody ever goes back after getting traded except for oldest Chapman. Yeah. And there's a billion of other. A billion other examples. Of they, right thought they thought Rizzo was going to do it. They thought uh, Brian might do it. John Lester. There's a whole bunch of guys they thought, oh, they might come back. Yeah, they did. Yeah, but Cohen's got all that cash. I mean, you tell me the Cubs didn't have all that cash after they won that World Series? They got – the Ricketts no. family has a ton of cash. No, you don't they think didn't the want to pay. They already making the any money? He wants one uniform for life, Pete. Yeah. I feel like he's staying there. You want to do spreading rumors for a sec? Do it. Okay, so Dana Brown. I haven't seen that one in a minute. You know what I I was hoping for? Spreading rumors that we would have like you and I with like the cans with the strings (laughs) attached to each other. We could be like. You have to do the bit though. That's why you're not in slap hands. You have to participate in these bits. Well, you did that without me. You didn't even ask. You're always invited. We definitely asked you to come up to New Jersey. I went to New Jersey. One time. Twice. You did. He did. All right, so we have Dana Brown, general manager of the Houston Astros, talking about the possibility of going to the next level beyond the Jose Altuve extension, and that would be potential extensions for Alex Bregman and or Kyle Tucker. With Scott regarding Alex. Yeah, I just think, you know, we both respect that. Look, there's really not a timeline on this right now. Um, and at some point, we will make an offer. I think we both uh, respect that, and, and uh, that's pretty much the conversation. That look, we're, we we love we love Alex. We we would love to have him here, 
And, you know, as far as the timeline, we just don't have it. But we will at some point make him an offer. Uh, we know how good he is and how good he's been to this franchise. Uh, and it'd be tough to look out at third base and not see that elite defense, you know. And so at some point, we will circle back and have those conversations. I like straight shooters. Dana Brown's great. I also just wonder in today's negotiation process why it's not just a phone call and a ballpark range. You know, we haven't done it yet, but we will at some point. Like, why Why not just have some numbers thrown out there or conversations? That's why. And also, I gather from what he said, I feel like, and not only what he said there, but also other comments he's made, their priority is Kyle Tucker right now. Really? Seems like it over. I don't know. It just seems like Kyle Tucker over him seems like more of a priority for them to bring back. I'd love for him to bring both back, but they had to lock up Altuve, I think, or there would have been a little bit of mutiny from the fans. Mm -hmm. But Kyle Tucker, for some reason, seems like more of a priority because he's younger. He plays the outfield. He's left-handed, I think. I just, it just, I don't know. I have, we're spreading rumors. So that's my rumor. Yeah, do it. I mean, Tucker has an extra year too. Bregman's a free agent after this season. And remember Kratz at one point last year, I think it was more than halfway through the season. Dana Brown essentially said Kyle Tucker is going to be an Astro for life. Remember that? I do remember that, but didn't when Altuve signed, wasn't, wasn't something said like, ah, it's okay. You know, we still have two years with Tucker. So that made me feel like it was kind of on the back burner. I remember when Dana Brown said that before, but I thought Tucker, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, the reason they don't give the offers is because essentially now it'll never be looked at this way, but Tucker and Bregman could technically be bidding against each other, which could be an issue. Like, Hey, Alex, like take this. Cause we offered Tucker this. Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's not. And then someone else is going to go to free agency and get plenty. You know, it's just a matter of how badly you want to stay with the team and potentially Who? take a discount. All right, so who's easier usually to deal with? This is this is just an opinion. I know what you're going to say. Excel, who Tucker's with. Yeah. Or Boris. It's not even close. Especially on extensions. Extensions. Scott Boris is public about wanting most Especially of when they're in their last year of their contract. Go to free agency. He almost, with Corbin Burns. Yeah. We talked about it, right? There's a whole, Correa, right? It's another Boris guy. There's a whole bunch of guys. That they play it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you, but now you look at Bellinger, Snell, Chapman, Montgomery. It's February 13th. If they get their money, all I agree. Be, okay. I, I, I agree. If but they don't, if they don't, and they get, they got to take again a one year, let's say, and God forbid this happens, but one of them takes a one year just parachute deal, something goes wrong. Mm. You know, it's like, gosh, man, like I get it. I get the risk because more times than not, he comes. I shouldn't say that. We hear about him getting the deals more than we hear about him not getting the deals because he's the best PR machine there is. When things go right, he's there. He's at. He's the only agent that like goes to these press conferences a lot of times, right? Uh, Other than Otani's agent who was at that. But other than that, it's usually the player, the GM, the owner. In the manager, yeah, he's very public. He comes. Yeah. He comes on this show. Yeah, yeah. I, I've invited half the agents in the league to come on, and most of them don't want to. They should. You should publicize yourself. There's no reason not to. I agree. Can I spread Ooh. another rumor before we get to Ken? What do you got? One, Brad? one, one thing on Tucker. Who makes out better if one of them accepts the contract first? You follow Tucker. what I'm saying? Tucker. Well, actually, Bregman. Bregman because he's older. Bregman See, because he's older. I. To me, I think 
to me, I think for the Astros, that's what they have to weigh. They have to weigh the fact that if they offer Bregman a contract, it could be better for Bregman and worse for the team to try to get Tucker because Tucker's a better player. There's, I, I get it's not taking anything away from what Bregman's done, but Tucker's a better player. And so if you don't lock Tucker up first, then you're going to be overpaying for Tucker. It's pretty close, though. Bregman's still damn Bregman's good. Bregman's really good, but I, I, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, he's the thing level. is, Tucker's, Tucker's kind of in the MVP conversation the last couple of years. Bregman's yeah. kind Tucker's of fallen out of that a little bit. And listen, Bregman's still an unbelievable player. I mean, teams are obsessed with war. Tucker was a 5.4 last year, and Bregman was a 4.9. And I think Bregman feels like he underperformed last year. He's, he's had been underperformed years. for a couple of years now. Remember 22? He didn't have a very good regular season. The offense was better, though. 134 what, what, OPS plus. What year 22. was it? A couple, 21, maybe? He didn't 21, have, it was down. 21 is the year he didn't have a very good year. Yeah. Yeah. 12 homers, 55. But he had the Tuckers. injury. What was it, the wrist? Yeah, he had something. Um, shoulder, wrist, something. Yeah, remember in 21, he was playing with like a like one hand in yeah. the World Series. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a pretty big Bregman fan still. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to throw this out there while we're on the topic of the American League West. So Corey Seager's probably going to miss most of spring training, maybe even miss the beginning of the season. Remember, we talked about it a little bit the other day. He's a guy that's been through a lot of injuries. Apparently, he had an issue with his lower abdomen for a while, and he was asking the team about it. They were like, ah, it's a lower ab issue. It'll go away. Then he just found out recently that it's a freaking hernia. (laughs) He went to a different doctor, got another opinion. It's like checking in in the offseason. Hey, Medical team, what do you guys think? And I'm not throwing any specifics under the bus with the team. It just, they missed it because you're going to have a guy that potentially starts out the season late. Hopefully he doesn't, but I just don't want him to get unfairly labeled. You know, I know he had that trip with some of his buddies and people are like, oh, why is he just getting the surgery now? Well, he had the issue. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced that, but there's a reason why players will go for second and third opinions when something's bothering them because not every doctor operates the same way. True. True. I, listen, I broke my wrist. Yeah. The right side, White Sox told me you're out for the year. I went to the White Sox doctor. They're like, you're out for the year, guaranteed. You need to have surgery tomorrow. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, I have the right to a second opinion. I went and saw a hand specialist, Dr. Graham in Cleveland. He's like, if you were my kid, I wouldn't have surgery. This will grow back naturally. And I was back playing in two weeks. Whew. So, I mean, yeah, that's why you have the right to a second opinion. Now, if you get the same opinion – then you understand it. But doc, like I, I don't want to lessen what doctors do, but you go to doctors, they don't all see the same thing. They don't all have the same experience. They don't all have the same schooling, whatever you want to call it. So that's why you get multiple opinions on something like this and which Corey Seager went and did. And then he found out he had a hernia and he was like, I remember Jermaine Dye played in 05, the whole playoffs of the sports hernia, core muscle injury, him and I think Pesednik. And they were like, oh, you have a pulled groin. Just play through it. And it ended up being a – both of them. They ended up, being, ended up being a hernia, and they both had to have surgery. So clearly it's something that not every doctor catches. And if you're a good doctor, because I know nothing about that field besides, like, friends and fam that are involved, then you don't have an ego. And if someone has a problem, you say, hey, go check it out with someone else. Go check, go get another opinion. No biggie, right? Check your ego. It's a medical field. Mm-hmm. So, FT Senior Insider Ken Rosenthal joining us fresh off – Another Fair Territory episode. Ken, good to see you. Love the new backdrop. And also, actually, I'll start here real quick. I loved the end of Fair Territory where you shouted out the YouTube commenters and said how you've seen some kind words. And I will agree with you 
that I think there is often kind compliments and justified comments, you know, that like have some legitimacy to them versus just your typical trolling action. Do you agree? Totally agree. And that's why I said that yesterday. I don't often look at comments other than really to scan them, because if you do that, you have a very low self-image after reading them. But I have at times glanced at the YouTube comments and they've been, to me, surprisingly civil and, as you said, insightful compared to what I usually get both on X and even in the athletic comments. So listen, sometimes I deserve negative comments or they're warranted, but overall it seems like YouTube, it's just been a better experience for whatever reason. And I said that because I was grateful for it. That's all. I like that a lot. All right. So let's get to the notes. So what stood out to me, and I guess in the storylines too, in fair territory is extension season. It has essentially arrived as players get to camp. Are there any potential extension candidates that you have your eye on for the next month or so? Zach Wheeler above all. And I know there's been a lot of talk about Tucker and Bregman. I don't expect Bregman to sign an extension. Tucker, perhaps, but it's not going to be easy. But Zach Wheeler is a guy the Phillies want to retain. I expect they will retain him. And at some point in March, I figure we're going to hear an announcement. Zach Wheeler is back with the Phillies. Or not back, but extended beyond this year. All right. First of all, Ken, before I ask my question, you make baseball come alive, apparently. Which is amazing. I love that. AJ, you know what that is? I I don't. All right, I'll tell you what it is. So 1989, I was covering the Orioles for the Baltimore Evening Sun. And back in the day, when there were newspapers sold in newspaper boxes, I know this happens in some cities still, but that was the newspaper uh, box insert that they put in there to get people to buy the paper. I don't know that anybody did buy the paper because of that, but... That group of players there, AJ, you'll like this. It's Randy Milligan, it's Joe Orsalak, it's Ben McDonald, it's all these guys from the 89 Orioles. Okay. All right. I like it. It just doesn't look like you. That's what more drew my attention. Well, because it's almost 35 years ago. That's why. Yeah, but you you know, he just just looks so much taller, but that's a different – we'll get to that later, Junior. All right. So you mentioned extensions and the fact that, you know, you think Wheeler might be the one. There's a lot of free agents out there still, and it's – February 13th, almost every team reports in the next few days, let's say the next three or four days, right? By Sunday, they're all in camp. Are these four guys, mainly the four Boris guys, are they going to sign? Solaire obviously signed late last night, but the four Boris guys are still the main names out there. Are they going to sign and when? They'll sign at some point. And I expect with the pitchers in particular that they'll sign and they'll do still pretty well, as well as they might have otherwise. Because what I expect to happen this spring, and I hate saying this because it almost sounds like you're wishing for this to happen. It's just the reality, though. Pitchers are going to get hurt. Pitchers on contending teams are going to get hurt. Teams are going to have needs arise, and suddenly they're going to grow more interested in adding a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery than they might have been otherwise. So they'll sign. Bellinger's going to sign. Matt Chapman's going to sign. I guess the bigger question, AJ, is what kinds of deals do they end up with? And that's what we don't know right now. There's still some money in the game. There are still teams that need these players. The Blue Jays are looking for a hitter. The Giants reached agreement with Solaire, as Susan Slusser reported early this morning, but they could still use Matt Chapman. So I expect that these guys will all do okay. 
at least okay in a representative sense compared to what we thought they would do. But it remains to be seen still just how all this is going to play out and whether one of these guys or more will take a deal that we didn't really expect him to get, a deal less than what we expected. And we'll see, how, again, how it goes. I want to hit a little bit on extensions again. The, the fact, is there ever a scenario where we're going to sit there and go, okay, we're going to put this in the collective bargaining agreement that a team keeps a Kyle Tucker example so that we keep players in one place forever. Now you get some type of like you get, you get an extra pick or you get something so that it encourages the Astros to keep the pirates, to keep the reds, to keep their homegrown players in their cities, which we're always clamoring for. And there's always tons of people who are saying, Oh, free agents. Well, just the big markets can only take the free agents. Is there ever a scenario where we could see that happening? Eric, it's an interesting thought. I don't know if I can see it happening, and I don't know that the teams would be eager to do that or the Major League Baseball side would be eager to do that. But it's an interesting concept because it would give a team an enhancement to sign a homegrown player long-term. Now, they'd have to define homegrown player. I guess it would have to be a player you either draft or signed internationally, but what about a guy like Tatis, for instance? The Padres traded for him when he was in low minors. Would he count? But that's neither here nor there. The concept is interesting. I don't see it as a restriction on the free market. That's something, of course, the union would oppose. But I don't know that it will happen either. In fact, I don't know that it's ever been proposed along those lines. And maybe it's something I should look into and start asking questions about because it is an interesting idea in the sense that I just mentioned. It doesn't restrict the market. It's simply giving a bonus, essentially, to a team that embarks upon this kind of course. I know you're not a prognosticator of numbers, but what would it take for Soto to sign an extension? Because you said in fair territory, it's not happening. It's not happening. He's going. He already turned down 440. What kind of realm are we looking that not even in free agency – in the in ex- Scott Boris land of extensions, because he did it with Strasburg, and that really didn't work out for the Nats so far. How wh- what would it look like for Soto? Strasburg actually was a free agent when he signed. Eric, he did oh. re-sign, but he was a free agent. Altuve is an example of an extension that Boris did have, and was representing. The thing is. If you start with a number, let's pick $500 million as an example. Scott Boris might say, well, that's the floor. And now we can go to free agency with that as the floor. The other thing about an extension for a guy like Soto, and let's just play this out even though I don't see it as realistic at all. If you're Boris, what you want the Yankees to do in that scenario is buy him out of free agency or give him enough money so he won't go to free agency. That's a better way of putting it. What's that number? What's the number that Juan Soto might get in free agency? Is it $600 million? Is it five fifty? I don't know. But the Yankees would have to go to some level like that to essentially buy him out of his rights to become a free agent. And it's the same question all over again. If they offer five fifty, for instance, or 600 Boris then says, well, the Yankees were willing to do that in a non-open market situation. What might a team do in an open market situation? So 
For Juan Soto, he's going to be a 26-year-old free agent. The world is his oyster. And I expect he's going to have a big year, and I expect he's going to hit the open market and do really, really well. Ken, what did you think of the Solaire signing by the Giants? Uh, it seems like it fits a need for him. Brings him a power bat. I already said he's probably going to be the first guy, if he stays healthy, to hit 30 homers since 2004 in a Giants uniform. Not, that's 20 years ago. That's amazing in a world where home runs are king right now. What did you think of it? We've, we all probably thought he might get a little bit more, maybe longer years, but it seems like a good signing for both sides. Your thoughts? I liked it, and he opted out of Miami to go to the market and get a multi-year deal. So for, so, for Soler, this looks like a good place for him. Obviously, it's not a great place to hit. We know that. But his kind of power, as you said, AJ, he should hit 30 in any ballpark. He did it in Miami just fine. It's not exactly the most hitting-friendly environment. So – for him, it's okay. And keep in mind, he's not an outfielder. He's a DH, and you're always with that handicap as a free agent. For the Giants, I liked it too. And I like it because they need right-handed power. And yes, they've been involved with Chapman and Bellinger after signing Lee to play center field. But you have to have somebody. And they've been rejected so often to get him in the fold, Solaire, and now maybe go after Chapman as well and then maybe make some trades with some of your excess then you have something a little bit more interesting than certainly what they had last year. So I did like it from the Giants' perspective. And for Soler, I thought it was fine. I didn't think as a DH he was ever going to crush it. And this is about where you would expect he would have been. Where does this put the Giants in your mind in the division for now? Obviously, I'm sure the Dodgers are in a different category. The Diamondbacks are coming off a really strong offseason. And I still think the Giants have at least one more move left in them, and that could vault them, say, over being in the Padres' realm. Because, I mean, this team for most of the season was in playoff contention, the Giants. They didn't do anything at the deadline, and they kind of fell off at the end. But they were close. I agree, Scott. And they do have one more big move in them. And actually, I believe several moves. Because maybe it's one addition and then some subtractions that maybe bring you other things, right? So they're a work in progress still. They're not by any means fully formed, if they get Chapman, then J.D. Davis becomes expendable. He actually might even be expendable right now. Andrew Bagley of The Athletic mentioned that Conforto might be expendable. You can do some things now with different players and maybe get some pitching back. They kind of need, right now, with them waiting for Alex Cobb and Robbie Ray to come back after the All-Star game, they need some immediate rotation help among the offensive shortcomings that they have. So if they could perhaps pull something like that off, one of the hitters for one of the pitchers, not a free agent, I'm talking about a trade, then maybe that would be something that they should do. And there are still some free agent starters out there as well. Michael Lorenzen is out there, Eric Lauer, a number of different lesser free agents. Mike Clevenger is another one. But guys who can at least give you innings until those two big starters come back in the second half. And to close the book on this signing, he also is departing essentially now from Miami. I mean, he was with the team and had a monster season, earned this contract with the Giants. So the aftermath for the Marlins, I know, you know, they acquired Berger and, and Josh Bell at the trade deadline and felt like that was kind of the power boost or power fill-in for those players. I'm also just looking at Solaire and wondering still if they should have offered, you know, the $20 million. 
having a hard time thinking that he was going to accept that. I know technically that was more per year, but that's where a team like the Marlins is supposed to be able to get a draft pick out of it, right? Scott, you're absolutely right. And I've written about this. If you're a team that is not going to spend money and professes to be building, which is where the Marlins are right now, then how do you not make Jorge Soler a qualifying offer? If for some reason he accepts it's one year, it's $20 million, you're good. They didn't want to do that, and it cost them. It's going to cost them a draft pick, obviously. But going beyond that, where are the Marlins in general? I've been asking this question all offseason. They traded for Nick Gordon. Okay, he's a fine super utility type guy. Still need a shortstop. They're looking at Gio Urshela possibly to play third base and have Berger move to first and Bell DH at times. They can do some different things if they get Urshela. But, man, the shortstop hole is vast. The power gap is significant, and yet they still are not really doing anything. What they are trying to accomplish under their new GM, Peter Bendix, is kind of an overhaul of their infrastructure and to make things better in the farm department, the international program. I get all that. I never understand why teams can't do two things at once. And you can do the infrastructure, and apparently, from everything I've heard, it's needed. They have a long way to go in, along those lines. But my gosh, you do not ignore the major league product coming off the year that they had, and yet that is exactly what they're doing. Well, Ken, they've signed as many free agents as you've as dinners you've bought me over the years. So it's the exact right. same exact zero. Exactly. It's the exact same number over these years. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you should be a huge Marlins fan at this point. Last question from us. Uh, you, you wrote about Billy Epler. We spoke about it on Friday. Did you find out more information? And, and the more I hear about this, the more I just think it's complete and utter, excuse my language, bullshit. He wasn't in the game this year. He's taking a basically a vacation for the year. I think he's still getting paid by the Mets a little bit. So it, it's really like, oh, we're going to slap him on the wrist, even though he's not involved. And we'll, we'll prove a point to everybody else, don't do this. Even though everybody I've seen, everything I've read, everyone I've watched says every team does this. It's more than a slap on the wrist, AJ. It's a year suspension, and that is not insignificant. So from that perspective, as I wrote, they're trying to make an example out of him, and they claim that they have evidence, more evidence than they usually have in these kinds of things when it's mostly he said, she said type of accusations that take place. But at the same time, as I also wrote, because he's not employed by a team right now, by giving him this penalty, you're not ticking off any owner. You're Rob Manfred. You're good. He's a guy that's out there. He's not employed. He could be made an example of quite easily and quite easily because, yes, they did have more evidence from this anonymous tip than they normally have. They followed up on the anonymous tip, found out what Billy Epler was doing. And, yes, he was doing these things where you falsify injured list placements. Okay. But yes, other teams do do it. I don't know if it's every other team, but it's certainly not an uncommon practice in the game. You could interpret this as a warning sign from Rob Manfred to the other teams saying, hey, guys, we're not going to tolerate this anymore. And that's fine. But it sure seems like Billy Epler was, in an unfortunate way, the chosen one here. And that's why he got the penalty that he did. And he was the only one, you know, he was the only one mm -hmm. that knew about only one, the only one acting like knew. this. Only mm -hmm. yeah, that, 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 that <laughs> that's a hard thing to believe. That's hard to swallow. <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't know why uh, they said that. Just leave that out of the press release. I mean, come on.
that yeah. part I had. But he a was with. my whole thing. I was he wasn't. He's not working this year anyway. So it's like he, I mean I know a year suspension is a long thing. They can reinstate him too. That was yeah, important. But if he, he somehow not, gets he a wasn't job that is important year anyway. So it's, he it's can apply. He can apply for reinstatement and possibly get reinstated. Who knows? Maybe at the All Star break. But at the same time, it's his name, and now it has this asterisks on it for ever lack of better phrase. And I'm sure it's hurt him deeply that he's the one who got this penalty. I don't know that he would say, hey, I was completely innocent here, but are any other teams that innocent? That would be the point I'd make. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. <laughs> but thank you, Ken. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you later this week. Thanks, guys. Um, all right. So Fair Territory is out there for the world to watch and listen to. Uh, top five spring training storylines is on there. There are eight new managers taking place with new ball clubs or obviously you know, someone like Pat Murphy getting promoted to the manager job after council leaves more on the Boris four, like we covered earlier, dude and dork of the week, which takes a different spin. The word dork gets morphed into another word and grill and Ken. So check all of that out. Fair territory with you every week on the FT channel and on its own pod page. All right. Ready for a little spring training action. Wait, what? What do you mean? What? I thought there was games started I didn't hear about. <laughs> no, 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 not games. Action. Oh. As in Shohei, Shohei hit a ball. Shohei hitting hit baseballs. Baseball. <laughs> yeah. And people sitting there going, oh. Oh, look at that. He hit. He took a full swing and he hit it. homers over the wall. Oh, I mean, the so important funny. thing, though, is he's coming off another surgery. You want to make sure that he's 100% at the plate. And is anybody concerned about that? No, but you never know. I mean, Kratz, you never know. You know, it was pretty secretive about exactly what happened initially. You never know. I mean, it's the second significant elbow surgery for him, and he's doing something that no one else does. So you do want to make sure. Well, it's a full-time <laughs> oh. hitter coming off a TJ injury. No, I mean, you just want to make sure that he's okay. This is still a good sign. It's better than. If you saw him and you were like, oh, he's still kind of slow playing it, or this is not a great example, but you know they don't have much clarity yet on Walker Bueller's timetable, and he's not likely going to start the season. You know, at least you have a definitive, Shohei's good, he's playing in those opening games at the end of March in uh, South Korea, and he's hitting homers every other freaking pitch in BP. As a smart man that sits to your left once said, follow the money. Teams are really smart. If they were afraid his elbow wasn't going to be good to go, they would not have offered 72, 702, or $1 billion. They would not have offered any of it. He's fine. My favorite part of all this is the fact that we're going to get to kind of see what happens to American players when they go over to Japan, and, and it starts on this first day. They count every one of your BP swings and how many home runs you hit. I wish Jonesy was on. He could he could attest to it. My buddies who were over there, like every single day, they would ask him, you only hit seven of your 56 BP swings out. Is everything okay? And you'd have to answer to that after BP. So we're kind of getting a taste of it. But 10 and 21 swings, oh, man, that's like I'm quitting. I'm not even taking 21 swings if I hit that many dingers in BP. That would yeah, be yeah. unbelievable. Think about the adrenaline he had going. First of all, the ball flies in Arizona. Second of all, think of think about the adrenaline he had going. I mean, listen, this isn't the first time he's hit either. 
Okay, it's not like he. this is the first. I guarantee you he's taking swings somewhere. There's just no cameras there, whether it's in the cage or whatever. But he had all the adrenaline going, new team, showing off a little bit. He was like, watch what I can do, fellas. Oh, you got Freddie MVP? Got Mookie MVP? I got a couple MVPs in my back pocket too. Watch this. And so, I mean, listen, it was awesome. I'm happy that he did it. I'm happy he put on a show. It's good for baseball. The more we talk about baseball, the better it is. And now football's over. Time to talk about Shohei and baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not abnormal to see that. I mean, I know, no, like Kratz said, it's definitely a little bit of a heat check, but it's not like you've never seen it. a guy hit, you know, half of his 10 or 20 yeah. pitches over the he wall, hit, right? He hit on the field. That's rare. He hasn't hit on the field during the season. Yeah. I don't know if he normally does in spring training, but during the season, it made a big deal out of it because he hit on the field in Yankee Stadium and in Fenway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's great. Mm-hmm. The more of that, the better. The Dodgers also just are such a great business operation that they are going to have multiple you know, cameras and phones and all of that yeah. and give the world the footage. You know what I'm saying? They're going like to have everything. But that is part of the marketing machine. We want That's why that. we said Shohei's going to have to do more with the media this year. But it's great. I mean, even just him taking BP, though, that doesn't affect him at all. He doesn't care if there's an extra phone or two or camera or two or even a freaking drone in BP. Like, oh, give cool. us all of the action. Can we get that? We have drone. We have drone. Need it. Target practice. More Can drones. you hit the drone? It's flying around. I mean, that I'm not paying elite. for it. Scott's the only rich one on this Home show. Home run derby, that that'd be sick. It. Hey, the wedding I officiated had a drone See? right above me. Come on. Dude. It wasn't mine, but you I was You got the vowels wrong, it. too, I heard. With that hair? <laughs> That's why you got the haircut. Yeah. It, the drone. The little lawnmower action. I had a, dro- I had a drone. Uh, I got a drone one time. I still have it. But I took it to Braves camp when I was at the Braves. Because Johnny Gomes like, I want to see. It was kind of when they first kind of hit. And I flew it. And we had spring training at Disney. Oh my gosh! You would have thought like, I, I, you. It was the. I mean, I never seen so many security guards run out. You can't have that over the field. I'm like, there is not one person. And, yep. Yeah, but it's Disney property. We can't have that. You might. And I'm like, dude, it literally. I flew it out, flew it around the field, and landed it. They, and they freak were, out. Oh, they freaked out. Did you get in trouble, or I they mean, just said they were put just it like, down. don't do it again? Got it. And then it chopped my arm all up. Did it really? Oh yeah, I got kid scars where where I was I was so flustered by all the people I I didn't shut it off and I kind of shut it off wrong and it went down my arm. Wait, so you got the Bauer? Did yeah, the Bauer I, get... I continued to play. Through. Right, right. Well, obviously you don't miss yeah. anything, but <laughs> you did you did get in a little battle with your yeah. Drone. It wasn't that bad. I was <laughs> smart enough not to get my fingers involved. No, and you didn't go on the Phantom IL for it. Also true. <laughs> he misses days only if his chair is terrible. Let's go to the uh, BetMGM World Series odds from last year. Arizona Diamondbacks edition. Nobody had 12,500 starting the season. Man, did it look delicious after game seven of the NLCS. Dude, can you imagine? I mean, there's always someone, you know, whether it was a diehard Diamondbacks fan in Arizona. Somebody said, you know what? I'm just going to put 100 bucks down on the D-backs, and maybe turn it into 12-5. Supposedly, right? somebody put 100000 down. I don't know if that was a real bet slip or not. but On the Diamondbacks before the season or before yeah. the postseason? Not, not 100000 Uh Well, what was it? Let me do the math. Three more zero. They put 1000 down because it was 1.25 that they were going to win. Whew. It came out of the World Series. I don't know. It seems a little shady to me. I don't know if it was a real slip or not. 
I'd like to warn anyone that thinks they are going to be bold and choose a team to win the NL West besides the Dodgers. Just be careful out there, kids. I mean, put $5 on the Rockies. No. <laughs> I'd take $5 on the Giants. You can get the Diamondbacks. I don't I don't know. They they upgraded their team. I think the Diamondbacks for the division is kind of recency biased. To me, I see the Padres or Giants finishing ahead of the Diamondbacks. Maybe they did enough this offseason. I don't know, but do not touch the Rockies. I don't even know why they put the 20000 out there. Just should put on there. <laughs> not available. N-A. Place your first bet MGM Sportsbook wager through the app of at least 5 bucks, and you'll receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. When you download the app, sign up and deposit at least 5 bucks into your newly created account. Place a wager in the amount of at least 5 bucks at standard odds price, and once you place that bet, $150 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Jamie Fox looking good. It's a new pick. I like it. Good job, Jamie. Bonus code FOUL, though. It's right there. F-O-U-L. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-1. Let's go right to slap. Feels kind of conceited if I say I got to show my own Kratz hats. So, Kratz hats. Going to rock the spring training is just around the corner. Every year they do something different. The Yankees spring training cap. They put it inside the logo there. Little, and this is the last time before they started the uh, the non the non non mesh hats. The mesh spring training hats. That ain't it. Anytime you get a bald head like this, you cannot be having mesh hats. But since they're not on, I'm going to give this hat an A+. Plus no, we're on. Of, we're on. Oh, we're back again for a sec. It. Wait, let me see the front of that one real all quick. All right, all right. Let me see the front. Yeah, it's mid. No, I like that. You put mid. the Yanks logo in the hat? Mid. Our super fan, Derek. Mid. Derek, give me a grade on that. I like that. I, I give that a A-. minus. Yeah, that mid. might be the first. AJ, what do you have to say? Because I'm clamoring to know. Clamoring. Yeah, it's mid. I'm just what not a Yankee grade? guy. I'm not a Yankee guy. They need to mix it up every once in a while. That that's mixing it that's up. That's mixed them. up. I know they need a little more though. They need, they need they should have done like a red hat with like a blue NY or something different. What do you want? Just mm. a Y? Didn't they one spring train they did just Y? Terrible. Yeah. Why did they do that? Is the question. Yeah. I like it. And when are the Yankees getting a city connect? Up. When are the Yankees getting a city connect? By the way, the Dodgers are getting their second City Connect, which is really weird to me. If you can see the pod right now Japanese on YouTube, style. that's the reason why. Oh, what, yeah, they have, they have Los advantage. Dodgers, right? So what if they had a, their City Connect now was in Japanese? Is there any doubt oh, that it will? It, it, I would wear it that, be that Of course it's going to be that. So Casey Pratt is joining us tomorrow, as we mentioned. Talk a little A's action. Paul Seawalt will join us and at least one other guest. Yeah, we're getting out five minutes early because not going to say the name, but our internet provider is being annoying today. So there's a couple other things we want to shout out. Shout out to Jenny Kavner. We'll talk more about this tomorrow as we learn that news right before we went on the show. Congrats on the A's play-by-play job. Uh, congrats to Mir Garrett on signing a deal. We have a cool little story from one of his teammates that we'll share tomorrow and a lot of other jazz on Wednesday's show. Kevin from The Office, classic. Thanks to the internet for only being annoying in the last five minutes, because mm -hmm. that would have been bad if we didn't have our office jokes. So, great show today. 
as usual. We'll see everyone on Wednesday. A minus. A minus. Happy birthday to M. Voigt P. Luke Voigt.